I can't believe you left the sunroof open. I know. On a new car. I know. Overnight. I know. In boring rain. I was like, I was like, me when I woke up and I saw that, I was like, damn, this friggin' sucks. Alright guys, before we get into the episode, here is the comments segment. You guys are dropping comments and we want to go ahead and answer, react to them, answer any questions you have live together with Christian himself. Um, and yeah, uh, let's go through the questions. Stephen has went ahead and collected some comments. Yep. Thank you, Stephen. David BK, thank you for including the time steps. Not like Lou later, he was a hung he is a view hungry YouTuber by deleting the time steps in the comments so that they will watch his second channel later clips. Damn, I didn't know Lou later. That's pretty crazy that people yeah, do that. Yeah, I've, I've seen, I've seen uh, that guy. I think after this comment, I looked at the guy and then he was right. Like, Lou later is a guy who just... I don't know. He, Lou he, later like, is he, basically the unbox therapy guy. Yeah. And he has his own podcast. Right. Say Next what comment. you want about Lou Leitner though, like that, the way of doing that, like, it, yeah, money hungry is fine, but it's smart. Like, you can't mm. deny that it's smart. You, there's no point having a clips channel where it's easy to generate views and clicks based on just short segmented topics, and that's all people want to hear about. Like, you can't fault it. Like, as I agree, it's frustrating, but it's smart. And that guy made has made a living off being an absolute turd and just not knowing a single thing, but. A simple concept. He's made it insanely huge. Alright. Um, next comment is from Lewis J. I need more like-minded people in my circle. I find it hard to find them. Question mark. Alright. I need more like-minded people in my circle. I find it hard to find them. Yeah, I think it's really hard. I think yeah. what you need to do, Lewis, is really focus on yourself. Like, become the type of people that you want like the like-minded people like once you become that you start attracting that type of people and you want to stop hanging out with people that are not like-minded because the more you hang out with those type of people the more changed you become and the more changed you become the like-minded people are just going to keep walking by and not even notice you because you're not like-minded so you definitely just want to really be the exact type of person you want to attract and those people will come so for me, my perspective on it is like, you can apply this to any train of thought or any, any, any person doing anything, right? Whether it's entrepreneurship, just a regular job or anything, right? You, you need to be ruthless and you need to be true to yourself in the people that you hang out with. And you can't be scared to just cut. You can't be scared to cut people out. And I'm not saying like just ghost them for weeks, just like phase them out slowly people that you know that don't have a positive impact on your life that you know that and like it sounds very selfish for us to say or oh, only surround yourself with people that can bring benefit to you because it's not always that case we, like andy and i were just good friends right we don't have a mutual benefit relationship where i benefit his business anyway right but we're just like-minded people where we in, we're just like-minded it's just hard to explain right but at the same time yeah don't be afraid to cut people out hang out with those people more and if you circle small, it doesn't matter. No one cares. Who cares? Exactly. That is a really yeah. response. It's better to have a smaller, tighter circle than a big, diluted circle. And if anyone asks you, who who are your friends? I hate that question so much. Like, oh, who do you <laughs> hang out with? Who are your friends? Just say, yeah, no, just keep to myself or got my friends. It doesn't matter. Or just, just that, that shouldn't even be a question. I hate that question. Who <laughs> are your friends? That's such a weird question. Uh, Moving on to the next comment from Anthony Spurgeon. Hey guys, really enjoyed this. You know when you've got your shit together because YouTube just crams your vids with ads. Four seconds seems endless. When you really get engaged in this channel and try to fu- and try to watch the info, keep it going, guys. Loving it. Nice. Thanks, I love this comment. Thank I really, you. really appreciate this. But um, yeah, like we we want more interaction as well. Mm-hmm. If if you guys are watching this video, even if you do watch it for say twenty minutes, if you are clicking the links below for the timestamps. Like just, just comment. Just let us know what you think. We'll like we'll, we'll keep doing this. If you guys keep commenting, we'll keep doing this every episode, or maybe every second episode, so we can let the comments accumulate and respond. So yeah, appreciate it heaps. Thank you very much. Right, next comment is Florida Mids. Andy, I used to have a fish tank very similar to the one you have. I had a 25 gallon fresh water planted tank. I sure didn't miss it. Maybe I should go into the hobby again, as I definitely think it increased my productivity. I see the beautiful Java moss you have everywhere. Do you have prior experience to starting one? So I actually had no prior experience starting this one. I bought the whole thing as a set, zero experience. 
um, literally learn and downloaded all the information I could from the seller within that one to two hour lesson. And I'm still trying to figure it out. Like my plants, they, they die. They, there's a bunch of moss growing, a bunch of algae growing. I, I had like three fishes that just jumped out and suicided. But I'm, I'm, I'm starting to learn about how fishes work and everything. So it's cool how I just jumped straight into the deep end and I learned really, really fast, surprisingly. Thanks for the support. And yeah, you should definitely get another fish tank. It definitely increased my productivity. Sam Evans says, I'm the first today with raised hands. Thank you, bro. Appreciate Thanks. Thanks for the support. Appreciate it, really appreciate yeah. it. Thank you so much. Thanks. Uh, and Anil R says, interesting discussion. I just feel that the impact that wealth creation can have on other people rather than themselves is what, is what finally matters. How, what can you do impact lives of the less fortunate to just be able to be a blessing to others and impacting the lives with the wealth you create? Yeah, I agree. I, I think that's what the premise of Andy's business is, is being able to like essentially help others in the best way he can, right? That's what studying.com is, right, Andy? Like, exactly. Yeah, you're using your, well, he's injected a lot into it. He's using his wealth to create a platform and create a, a business where it's all about helping other people. And yeah, 100%, I, I, I thoroughly agree with that. Because when you look at people like Jeff Bezos, you might think he's this like hungry sort of money tyrant, but he's literally creating 100, like literally 100,000 jobs. Like that's not easy to be able to have a hundred thousand people on your payroll and give a hundred thousand people security where they're getting a paycheck every single week as long as they're doing their job. That's helping a hundred thousand people. You're literally giving your money to a hundred thousand people and having them do a simple job in return. Um, when you don't have a job, someone giving you a job can be really helpful, or just having a job can be really helpful. Now on top of that, Amazon helps buyers find items in a trustworthy quick fast shipping way and amazon gives seller a way to make money selling their goods um, because they couldn't sell it and now they can go ahead and just sell things online so amazon is able to help a lot of people and that's sort of how that's why i think entrepreneurs are people who really solve problems and just help people in general awesome thanks for collecting all the questions steven Please continue dropping them through. Really enjoy going through these. These are awesome. All right, guys. So this is another episode of the flip side. Is this episode 21? Damn, time flies. Time freaking flies. Dude, literally 30 minutes ago, we just apparently Christian just found out that freaking Jeff Bezos is stepping down. What the hell? Happy 21. But yes, as of 30 minutes ago, Jeff Bezos has announced that he's stepping down as the CEO of Amazon, which is... Well, I mean, he's still going to be... so. It says here that he's still going to be the executive chair of the Amazon board. So he's still going to be working with the company and, um, I mean, part of the company's board, right? So he'll still have a large percentage of um, not ownership, but control in the sense that he can vote on decisions that he doesn't like, et cetera, right? So he still has some ownership interest in it. However, he says that he wants to move down because he found it a consuming responsibility but now he also wants to focus on the other initiatives that he has going on at the moment. So he's got the Day One Fund, the Bezos Earth Fund, Blue Origin, the Washington Post. I didn't even know that he owned Washington Post. And he says that by taking a step down, he'll be able to focus on a more strategic role for Amazon, being that focus on different projects that they could have or different products or different steps that they could go into. So damn, 30 years and... CEO, founder of Amazon, stepping down as CEO, that's that's something. That's pretty crazy, yeah. I think that makes sense because like he needs to get to a point where Amazon doesn't require him and he can sort of automate it with another head. I'm really curious to see who he's going to hire as the CEO. That's going to be super duper interesting. Um, and then, yeah, he's just going to shift his focus onto these other things that are just as important. And eventually, after he spends like another 30 years into Blue Origin, he's going to get a chairman for that. And that's sort of what Elon Musk is sort of going down, I think. He wants to find a chairman, a CEO for Tesla um, and all these companies that he helps build up. So it sort of makes sense. But I'm like, damn, like, I wasn't expecting that.
Yeah, hundred percent. And you're hundred percent right. That's exactly what Elon Musk is eventually going to do. He'll like take this company up, like take it by the take it by the horns, guide it to where it is today, and eventually just take a step back, let someone else take the CEO position, and then just focus on the other other initiatives and other projects that he has going on. I mean, it says here they do have a potential um, successor. Um, I'm just trying to see who. I'm not trying. I'm not too sure who, who, but I think it is the person that was essentially looking after Amazon Web Services, which in itself is a behemoth as well. Like that was Amazon Web Services. That's gonna take over. I reckon that's gonna hundred percent take over. That's insane. Like what, they have the capacity to take over as well. So that's huge in itself. Amazon Web Services. But um, yeah, they. I think they do have someone taken over. But it'll be interesting to see. It'll be interesting to see. I think. Now that um, I think when when you think of Amazon, then Jeff Bezos was very synonymous with Amazon, right? And with everything going around with him becoming the richest person in the world, and everyone getting frustrated and angry, saying that oh he shouldn't be here or he shouldn't be the richest, or it's just frustrating. Everyone just keeps co- contributing to Amazon's wealth and his wealth. Subsequently, him t- stepping down is also kind of a strategic role, I think. And then like let the focus be on Amazon as opposed to him being the head of Amazon, because now. It's no longer as synonymous, you know what I mean? I think it's a it's a smart move. It's a smart move. Makes sense. And then you never want to sort of tie yourself to the product. Because something I learned is like um, with my sort of education company beforehand, it was Animai.org, Animai Consulting, Learn Ecom. But everything was around me. Like if I disappeared, then I couldn't sell my product. So that's sort of why I'm really doubling down, and that's why I put in the effort to acquire Stunning.com, so I could really detach Andy Mai from Sony.com and Sony.com can be its own thing. Obviously, I'm going to run, I'm going to be known as the founder, but I could keep growing it to a point where if I leave, it can do its own thing just like Nike. Um, but the founder of Nike probably was seen as like the Jeff Bezos and Amazon and people probably were shocked when he couldn't, when he went ahead and left. Um, but after he died, now Nike stands strong on its own. You need to be able to cultivate and create a brand and shape it in such a way where it can have its own image separate from its founder, right? And that's exactly what Amazon. We'll, we'll title this Andy Mai the new Jeff Bezos just for the kids. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, that's exactly. I think yeah, that's. I think s- slowly you 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 realize it as well. You're like, I can't keep focusing this company that I have around myself, even though you you developed and cultivated your 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 following and your channel on yourself which is fine that you need to do that and then slowly gain more traction and slowly realize okay yeah need to drift away from the personal brand keep it the personal brand will always be on youtube like regardless of what happens right but the company itself yeah you're right you need to shift it it always needs to adapt evolve or be extinct right evolve or be extinct that's the one thing that everyone needs well i live by evolve or be extinct right and i think yeah it's something that you just learn with more experience. Like, what? When? When do you think it hit you that you realize, okay, if I like, you know how you said you were any my org, any my consulting, and then you stripped your name from the company and made it Learn Ecom, and now to what it is today, Studying dot com. Is that is that the name Studying dot com? It is, right? Yeah. Um. Yeah. I think I made that move when like the opportunity came. Like it was just like it was weird. I wasn't even looking for a domain. I was like on cedo.com, which is like a website that sells a bunch of domains. And I saw stone.com up for like, and I was like, that seems really, really cheap. And then like I did that, that 20, 48 hours, I did a bunch of research. I tried to negotiate, I, I emailed, they said, no, it's non-negotiable. I did a bunch of research, looked into domains, looked into this guy called Michael Saylor that sort of went ahead and invest in domains like strategy.com voice.com etc and i was like holy crap studying.com for okay even though it's not like study.com it's studying.com um it's a steal and then i went ahead and copped it for usd which is an australian and like it was like really coincidental and it came out to be like a really good move like it's worth way more people are willing to buy it for way more as of right now the moment i bought it uh, but it was weird how that just came left wing and i wasn't even looking i wasn't even expecting it i was ready to just sit on learn dash ecom for a while uh, i knew i needed to eventually upgrade but that opportunity just came out of nowhere strangely yeah 100 percent. that opportunity presented it's to yourself in the door and it's like when you think about it like 
you acquired a domain, which is, I would say, quite not far, like far out from your organization, etc. But it is kind of in the field. But it's like you acquired it, and now it's put yourself on a on a good path in terms of your opportunities and everything, in terms of where you can go with this, right? And it's just so interesting. See what I mean? Like this, this would not have happened if you didn't take the leap to just say maybe change to learn ecom, and now you're taking this leap as well. Like your doors have opened in a multitude of directions, and you're able to go left, right, center, right? And I don't know. It's it's just crazy to think about. Like five years ago, it wasn't a possibility. You didn't even consider it. Whereas now, like I'm not saying obviously you're not Jeff Bezos. No one's Jeff Bezos, but. Bezos acquiring all these different companies and starting off with Amazon, like you keep saying, you keep saying he was kept selling books and books, and he was so determined to make this one thing perfection, and he did that right, and he was able to um, henceforth create an absolute behemoth that is Amazon. Yeah, and you know, like he was able to do that because he was constantly trying to evolve it and constantly trying to, yeah, like it, it's just crazy. I don't, I don't know. I'm, I'm not trying. I'm not articulating my words very well, but I think you know what I'm trying to say. It's pretty crazy how you can literally things just happen if you just stay alive. Like if you go ahead and just stay alive for long enough, things just come. And like the the thing with life is, when things go by, you can choose not to go ahead and take it. You literally can just wait it out and wait until the right opportunity comes and leap at it. You just have to stay alive, patiently wait, and when things go by, grab it. And then when a bunch of small fishes go by, don't don't go for it. Don't waste energy for the small. Just wait it out until a big fish comes and get the big fish. Uh, because if you get the small fish, the energy to even get it might not um, be worth the the bait you get because it's a small fish and you end up making a loss. Um, so like it's crazy how you can literally just like. Life is just like fishing, and you're just being patient. And you're waiting out, and eventually, within life, within your lifetime, you probably get ten massive giant fishes that go by that you can catch. But you just need to wait for it. Patience is everything. If you don't have patience, then what's the point? You know what I mean? Because, yeah, you're hundred percent right, and it goes with anyone, anyone in what they're doing. If you're listening now and you're going through ecom or you're at a job and you just waiting for an opportunity yeah you've got to be patient but also at the same time you need to be able to be open-minded looking for opportunities and ready because if you're not ready and if you just sit back and just say oh i hope something comes to me I hope something comes to me yeah nothing's going to come to you nothing's going to come to you unless you do something about it and put your mind to it and speaking of opportunities and going out there and trying to get something when you put your mind to it our very own resident steven we'll just call him resident steven <laughs> yeah has acquired himself a job, his first job, at McDonald's. Needless to say, well, yeah, we're proud of you. I mean, if you didn't get it, I mean, no hard feelings, but at the same time, like, like, okay, fair enough, I didn't get McDonald's either on my first try. It, it is what it is. But, but you're underaged. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Congra- <laughs> congratulations, Stephen. So talk us through what happened. Talk us through the interview process. Talk us through what you were feeling and what did you wear? So I wore a, it was like a white collared shirt. I don't know, it's like those ones that you get from YD and then I wore like denim shorts to go there. And so that day... Don't wear shorts to interviews ever again, but continue. Steven, yeah. never wear shorts when you... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what shoes did you wear? I wore beans. Nice, okay. Yeah. So then um, I, w- uh, I walked to McDonald's because it's really close to my house and then... I think just during that time, during the walk, I was just thinking, uh, prepare myself, remember, like the sort of research, the, the sort of questions I prepared for the the person who was interviewing me. But then, I don't know, when I got to the front and back, it just hit different. I just felt a bit nervous. You know, I saw, I walked in, it was like, the interviewer just went from table to table, she's interviewing everyone. And I saw a lot of other interviewers. It just made me think, it was kind of like a battle, you know, like, oh, who's going to get the job type of thing. Yeah, and then since there was like a lot of into uh, people being interviewed as well, she was kind of like, oh, I got up every time because I wanted to like just get it over and done with. But she's like, no, no, wait your turn. And I was like, oh, god damn, it, I missed my opportunity. But wait, then, you know, so so they had you in different tables, like all of you lined up essentially to like yeah, chickens ready to get shot. Yeah. And then... and then when it was finally my turn, I was like, yes, you know, I can show my like you know my skills, what I'm capable of, my communication. Then. 
Yeah, it went pretty smoothly. The interviewer asked me uh, what days I'm available if I'm currently studying. And I'm pretty sure she only asked me one question. That was, why do you want to work at McDonald's? Which I, you know, said, you know, McDonald's has a lot of chains over the world. It's one of the biggest um, chains, uh, res- restaurant chains around this, around the world. And the fact that every single time we go to McDonald's, it, they always have a new item. And I love it. They're always trying to find ways in order to reel in the customers. And so at that interview, did they tell you on the day or did they tell you afterwards? Um, she said, oh, okay, I'm going to send you a national crime check because you're over 18. And once this is done, I'm going to email you, like uh, ask you for what size your like uniform it is. And, you know, and then I'll check your availability. I'll tell you when you can start working. Oh, wow. So you got the job on the spot. How many people were there? Um, was it how many people were being interviewed? Think about two or three, like before and after me. I think there were like a couple more people waiting at the table as well. Oh, wow. So there was like total six people or something or five people. Yeah. Oh, and could you tell, did everyone get the job or what happened, you reckon? I think they did, maybe. Because mm, they, like, they all look younger than me. I was probably the oldest there. <laughs> that is the definitely, you were 100% the oldest. I didn't even, oh. yeah, you were 100% old. But, so now that you have this, right? Yep. You kind of know that you're going straight into the lion's den. It's fast food. It's not going to be fun. It's going to be gritty. It's going to be dirty. It's going to be filthy. You're going to have to clean up some crap. You're going to have to deal with busy hours. You've got drive-through going on at the same you're time. You're going to get yelled at. People are going to yell at you for being slow. Yeah. They're going to call you munted. They're going to be like, why are you so freaking slow? Customers, customers will say the same thing as well. You know, you can act all nice and sweet as you want, but it doesn't matter because customers at the end of the day, just one thing. They want one thing, sorry, they want the food on time, right? So how would you deal with pressure in situations when's like that? When's your first shift, Stephen? Yeah, when's your first shift? I haven't, I don't know yet because the check's still running. But um, I'll probably just, you know, take a few like short breaths, work things out at home, you know, uh, maybe put myself in a pressured environment at home first with like my parents or something, maybe help them with cooking more often. And then because I know that um, every single time I help my parents, they'll like roast me for doing something slow. But I think that like just overall, once I bring it to Macca's, it will just really like force me to grow as a person. Because, you know, if I'm dealing with that, it will tell me that I have to like evolve in order to become a better person or to satisfy the customers. So what do you... Are you gonna? Do you reckon you? What do you want to be doing? You want to be at the front serving customers. You want to be flipping burgers. You want to be flipping at the, fries. At the front. At the front, but at the yeah. front, there's not going to be many people at the front because of COVID and etc. Is this the one um, near yours, Andy? Just down the road, like near the highway? Yes, that's oh. the exact one. Okay, I've been there a few times. <laughs> Nice. We've been there as well. We, we, we've been there as well, Andy. <laughs> yeah, we have. Okay. We'll swing by. We'll swing by. Yeah. Uh, no, I'm going to swing by. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna watch. I'm gonna watch what we have molded. This this person that we have molded. I'm gonna watch him. And, no, that's good. That's good though. But like, mm. you obviously have a preference to where you want to work, but you can't say like no if they want to put you on the fries or if they want to put you on the back or I don't know what. I don't know how Macca's do it. I don't know Andy would, but it's usually you get picked for back or front based on like personality and like. The way you talk, you get picked back or front, and in your gender as well, that takes into account. Like the front are like sort of the more for mainly girls and people who like talk a lot, or like, and then the back are just like everyone else. And when you work in the back, you always start on frying, deep frying nuggets and chicken um, patties and just like frying stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, that's where you start. Then you slowly upgrade to the grill which is like basically this massive pan where you put in patties, you put in cheese, you put in onions, all the patty. Then you go ahead and upgrade to the building station where you build all the burgers and you just throw it to the side. So I think that's like the three stages. Um, and then, yeah, those are the three stages that in, in the back. I think the only thing, like you don't need to be worried about cooking or anything because everything is literally timed. Like you literally yeah. put the nuggets in and you literally press it the button. Beep, beep, beep. Yeah, and it tells you when to pull it out. Yeah. But it's more so just, just don't burn yourself. Don't, don't, don't do anything 
that would harm yourself. I'm excited for all the stories. I'm excited yeah. to hear how it is. Hopefully, there's no bad stories. There's all good stories to listen from. I'm excited for your first shift, Stephen. Thank you, guys. But just know that not all the people that you deal with will be good, whether it's customers or workmates alike. You have, will have a boss that might not you that you might not get along with, and mm. look. That, um, there's no going around it there's no fixing that you can't fix it you're just gonna have to deal with it the only way you can fix it if you just keep doing what they tell you and just keep doing well you know what i mean but yeah just well, survive for at least six months don't quit before right, six yeah. months that's it yeah. i got this guys nice nice nice, nice. and don't yeah. smoke don't, don't oh. end up smoking <laughs> Yeah, speaking from the, the one cautionary tale that we know of, <laughs> whatever you do, don't don't smoke. Just be cool or anything. You know what I mean? Just 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 be yourself, right? Just be yourself. But yes, that's an insight into our um, our Stevens first job. Wow, so proud. I feel like proud parents. One hundred percent. I'm just excited to hear all the stories and see how everything goes. But this week, one of my cars, I left the sunroof open overnight and that night it poured and when I woke up water was everywhere the back brake lights were just on and they would not turn off even though the car engine was off and then I turned the car on it was working but there was a bunch of these error signals the back shield wiper just kept on going like kept going the blinkers were going non-stop and there was just a bunch of issues and I was like, damn, life it's is the, shit. Um, it's, it's the new one, isn't it, Andy? Yeah. And then, so I brought up the mechanic the day before, met this guy named Ryan, thought he was the owner, he wasn't. Then I went ahead and brought it the next day because I to, to follow up, I met Long, which I thought was maybe the owner of it. I, I thought Long was because I, I was referred from my friend Wee that you know you should go see Long and then on the on the third day where I went ahead and rolled it up this yesterday afternoon with the car there was this guy that this there was this other guy at the mechanic and he was he was like he he saw the car he came to check it out see what was happening he was able to diagnose it much much faster than Long and Ryan and I found out that I met the owner of the mechanic shop and we ended up just like chatting for like a few hours and, and he was helping me check out the car and it ended up not being too bad of an issue. We just had to take out the battery and let everything dry out. But that issue, that instant, that, that loss sort of turned into a win somehow where like through that loss, I was able to really, now i got a guy for cars. Like now i got a person that can really help me out. Like now one, I know to be really, really careful when buying cars, but now i got someone to come and check out cars and if my cars are f***ed, I, I know I can bring it to someone that can really help me out when it take, comes to fixing cars. Cause I've been to a few different mechanics and I finally found a guy for cars. I think the best thing is like finding a guy that you know, like the go-to guy, like maybe a go-to plumber or a go-to person that you can just trust and they know. Wait, so you got his number and everything? I'm assuming, right? Yeah, yeah. Did you did you tell him about the AC? Yeah. So they have to check out the AC. There's ah, oh, that was also so. Two days ago, brought the car there. They filled up the AC with gas because to get it running. Then the AC was working on the way home. But when we filled it up at 9am, by 5pm, the aircon was not working anymore. So that means there's a huge leak somewhere. So that's a good and bad thing because one, it's a good thing because now it should be easy to find the leak so they wouldn't have to go through the whole car, look everywhere in front of the dash underneath the car. They could easily find the leak with the UV gas. Um, So it's a good thing that the leak is big. Um, So hopefully we'll be able to fix that as well. Yeah, that should be fine, but... I can't believe you left the sunroof open I know. on a new car I know. overnight I know. in boring rain. I was like, I was like, me when I woke up and I saw that, I was like, damn, this freaking sucks. But yeah, that loss turns into a win. And what I learned is like most losses at the time feel so stressful, so bad. Like I remember like every, like, Every single loss in the past, I completely forgot about. Like, for example, me creating like this dinner mastermind and only two people showing up. 
at the time that felt so embarrassing i was so nervous setting up and now it's been like two years and like it doesn't even hurt anymore so at the time all losses or failures suck but then after time you barely even remember about them and most of the time they lead to success or they lead like that had to happen for something else to happen that's so true so true like i think all of us can testify to that even just now like Stephen with his job right now he obviously had a couple of L's on the way with interviews is that correct Stephen? that is correct yeah and then myself included 2020 just full of L's everywhere but you know everything comes around in the full circle at the end but dude I was just thinking about that so that dinner mastermind so we haven't really talked about it properly I don't know if you want to or not yeah, yeah we'll talk about it <laughs> we'll Let's talk do it. About it. so in 2019 Andy came back from America what, and then you were um, finding your feet, um, you know, you had just come back of a successful one year away? Nine months. Nine, Nine months, yeah. yeah. And so you explained, you, you explained, yeah. Yeah, so I came back from America, San Francisco after nine months of staying there because my visa no longer held um, to... It expired, it expired. It expired, yeah. basically. And I was like, one, I was down because I wanted to get back into America, but I couldn't. And I was trying to get, I was trying so hard to get a new visa. And each time I did it, it failed. Two, I was feeling lonely because like I was back in Australia all on my own. And I was no longer surrounded by a bunch of like-minded entrepreneurs. And three, I was like, I was literally working out. I was doing my planks and I was listening to this podcast. Um, I forgot the name of who it was, but he was talking about how if he was to lose everything and get started again, what he would do is he would reach out to say, if he's in the real estate niche, he would reach out to all the top real estate agents within his neighborhood, host this free gathering at some hotel and create a mastermind where he just invites all these people to the mastermind. He pays for it. Um, and then he's the guy that brought all these sort of real estate agents together. And I was like, holy, that sounds like a really, really good idea. Like, I'm going to do this. I want to do this. And I was just sort of at a point where I was just willing to try whatever I wanted. So I was like, damn, let's do this. And then surprisingly, I put research in and then I was learning about mastermind dinners. I learned how it was a thing. I learned all the benefits of how when you put together a mastermind dinner, you're the guy that put it together. Yes, you pay for everything, but now you know this person, you know that person, you leverage different people to invite more people. Um, and then if that person needs to get that person in contact, they'll go through you. And it's just like really beneficial. And you'll meet a lot of interesting people. So I was like, holy, this is something that's really cool. Let's go ahead and do it. So I went ahead and built this sort of DM that I went ahead and just sent to every single entrepreneur in Sydney. Sent like literally 70 different entrepreneurs, had this Excel sheet, messaged 70 different entrepreneurs in Sydney. And probably out of 70, um, surprisingly, probably like 40 people replied. Even Nick Mola, the CEO of Afterpay replied, which was insane. Like I have like the DM where he replied, I'm sorry, I'm busy or I'm out of town. But he replied, which is insane. Um, and out of the you know 40 that replied probably like 20 said yes they were down and how i did it was i leveraged other people's names. i was like hey i'm inviting these type of people would you be interested in coming um and if they said yes then i'll be like this i've invited that person i'm just like leverage a bunch of different names <laughs> uh, and then 20 people said yes and then when the date came and when i was confirming it the 20 went down to like 15 and while setting this up i think i was like traveling to like perth to get my visa done so i was traveling and i was like on my phone doing all this texting uh, so i was doing this on the go traveling australia and then on the day that morning 9 a.m get a call sorry i can't make it 9 30 get a call sorry something came on this afternoon i can't get it each call was like a bullet to the heart so like holy and before I know, I already locked in a private room in this um, restaurant. It was like a Japanese restaurant. It was like $120 per head. And I locked in a 10-person private room. So it's like already like a $1,000 commitment. And then, you know, 10-30, another person calls. Oh, oh, another person pulled out. And, and I was just stressed. And by the end of it, I think I only had maybe around seven, six to seven people left that should have came. Maybe like even like five to six people based on people who said yes. 
And then out of that four to five, only two freaking people showed up. So we're in this private room and two people show up. I'm waiting. One of the girls, her co-founder, he was invited, but she said, oh, he's not coming. I was like, okay, I guess this is it. So we, so meals start coming in and it was just me and these two other girls and the night ended up being actually pretty amazing. Like just hanging out with like-minded entrepreneurs. We're just able to talk, hold conversation, talk about a bunch of interesting ideas. The food was pretty nice. Um, and it was like, we, I had like an amazing time and I was able to learn a lot. It was like super fun. And then off that failure, one of the ladies, she really liked the idea of masterminds. We were talking and she went ahead, was like, uh, and I was like, hey, do you want to co-host the next one with me? So we went ahead and created a second one. And this time we learned from the mistake rather than doing it at night, do it first time in the day. So people can't really flake on it because it's the start of the day. And we did another mastermind and she was able to bring like people who rejected my one. But since she had more leverage, she was able to get them to come through. And I was able to bring one person that wanted to come but couldn't. Um, so she really carried it because she, she brought like eight. I brought one person. <laughs> but for that mastermind, guess what? I got stuck in traffic and I was came half an hour freaking late. Dude, it was so embarrassing walking into the into the breakfast brunch store and all these freaking founders are sitting down and they're looking at me as the co-host late. I'm this like this young Asian kid and everyone there's white and I'm late and I'm like super sorry guys and I just sit down, I listen, I, I hear what's going on. And I slowly start getting to know everyone and it turns out all right. And then I get to know a lot of these different people. And I met like one girl who's like the CMO of TEDx. Um, and then she, we, uh, her name was Renee, got tight with her. She went ahead and brought me to different meetings with um, all the things she did. With the, she, I was able to see how she put together the PowerPoints for the TEDx sort of advertising. I was able to learn things from her, shadow her for a bit. And literally every loss led to like something that was better and sort of that trail sort of ended but i have a feeling that as of right now i haven't sort of utilized that trail of events but i think it might definitely come back in a later time in life 100 percent. wow isn't that crazy so it's been two years failure so do you still talk to the first two people that rocked up to the first one so one of them i did the other one i haven't she moved to uk so like, gotcha. it, yeah. And then she's yeah. like into um, personal branding now. So I'll probably reach out to her and see if she yeah, needs any help with that and see what's personal up. Branding. Yeah, yeah. Personal branding. See, that yeah. could work out. I mean, yeah. it's an easy Skype call, easy video call, but you know what? It's a new year, Andy. It's 2021, 2019, 2020, 2021. You know what that means? Set up another one. Exactly. Just get to do it. Why not? You got more leverage now. Exactly. Yeah. And then yeah, it's, it's, and it's yeah. strange how like, getting to this point with leverage i'm lazy now i'm like seems <laughs> but like i, I get I'm literally at a point where i can not like no need to leverage people's name but i can confirm like at least like a, a tight mastermind with like freaking five to six heavy hitters and like i can set that up for sure because i'm tight with at least five or six people um, but back then literally it was crazy what i was able to pull off with like zero connections knowing no one and i was able to pull in founders of different companies of like um of like candle company marketing company um had like some interesting cool bottle company fitness um cmo for some um gym and it's like yeah a bunch of different things isn't it crazy how like all failures eventually do lead to success yeah and at that time i, I remember as well like you were so down like the visa, the American visa got rejected. This happened, and you were like, "Bro, I don't, I don't know what I'm doing." And obviously, you didn't know anyone. But look at that, you didn't know anyone. You come out through it stronger. But I feel like if you if you hosted it now, it'd be a little bit different because I have a vague understanding of who you might invite. Maybe one or two people, right? And then you invite those people, and it's like you risk yourself, like. That's great. I don't know. Yeah, you know what yeah. I mean. Like, right so now, it's a bit hard because you're mixing. Yeah. everyone that you know it's, yeah. it's it's weird how it's easy to mix people that you don't know 
but when you've sort of caused sent, I don't know if it's like me being greedy or me being you, you like you you think you're greedy or you think you're like um, what's the word for? I know what you're trying to say. There's a word for it where it's like you you you'd feel exposed. You'd feel kind of vulnerable because you uh, you put yourself in that position where they're now your close connections, and then you're essentially sharing that with someone else, and you feel like yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, it's a weird, but I think I have a gut feeling that if I do it, surprising like results that are left wing are gonna happen. So I think I might want to because usually whenever something seems selfless like for example whenever like um but i guess like what the the metaphor is going to use is like for example when you let a bunch of people copy your homework so they don't have to get detention or something when you do that in high school nothing actually comes back you do it and then you don't get recognition at all so so either that either that would happen or surprising the complete opposite where there's just so much roi because now You've brought all these people together um, and a bunch of things happen because of it. Or the other route where you bring all these people in and all the people you brought together, they just all benefit and you actually don't get any rewards at all. Um, It can either go one or the other. Um, But yeah. Yeah, 100%. Like a very like a seesaw like it could go in your favor or the other way and it's like it's scary to think of that because you put in all the time and effort and then yeah you can it can leave you very vulnerable and it's like i don't think you're in a position where you'd want to put yourself i don't think you're at a stage where you want to put yourself in that position at the moment with everything like slowly picking up you know what i mean but yeah i i get what you mean it it, it, i don't think it'd work yeah because like i i enjoy matchmaking like me like putting pairing certain people up like one-on-one but like introduce this person to this person because they're really similar but doing like a group of like five to six people all together at once that's like what sorry if you move back to america would you do the same thing there's no need eh? because they're everywhere right they're just everywhere yeah i think in america like Right now, since I have leverage, I wouldn't have to start from the bottom. I could just start with meeting people I already know, students, and just slowly start building myself up and just start attracting people. But when I did that, when coming back to Australia, I literally had nothing. All my businesses went to zero because I gave everything up to move to America. And that was literally, that's something that literally anyone can do from scratch with nothing. Um, so I think it's a really good start. And like, if I worked at it, like I could have gotten... A, a freaking internship in TEDx. I probably could have gotten, um, I, I could have gotten so many jobs of like really good jobs just from setting that up um, and helping so many different people. But since I was just focused on my own thing, I just wanted to meet and network with people. Um, but that definitely, like, I, I definitely could have gotten any job I wanted doing that. Yeah, 100%. But we learn from everything. We learn from everything that's happened and we learn from our mistakes. and and we move on and that's where we are today right i've learned from well just from 2020 alone i think everyone's learned from 2020 alone as to just whatever f- went on bro <laughs> whatever the f- happened last year but it is what it is we move yeah. on and we're happy as to where we are today that's the main thing right that's the main thing i'm really practicing it is what it is like when things happen like you know how i talk about not caring if you don't care about it, it can't hurt you um that's like super duper important not being able to really put too much emphasis on it um because like you know life is not too bad like i'm trying to really really um enjoy life as it is and really see how lucky i am when bad things happen because if not the bad thing you just end up spending all day thinking about it and they just drain so much mental energy it'd be interesting if we um if you do a TEDx talk, eh? it'd be interesting if you can get onto a TEDx talk, just leverage it. Yeah, that's exactly what I was into. I, I literally emailed Renee asking if she has any advice when it comes to getting on TEDx, but she hasn't gotten back to me. So I might follow up. This is like a few, this is like a year ago. So I might follow up and see what's up. Cause there was a TEDx that was meant to be happening in Sydney last year, but because of COVID, I think they um, canned it. I think it was actually Macquarie Uni. Um, but um, yeah, that would be interesting eh? because it's a good different platform. They they give platform to everyone to be able to speak and and speak their mind. So yeah, it could, it could work out. Talking about talks, Clubhouse, Elon Musk was on Clubhouse the other day. 
Speaking of Clubhouse, there's a new app that's like sort of stereo. Yeah, stereo. Get on stereo, Christian. I'm gonna get on stereo, but like for now, it's like all I'm seeing is just YouTubers use it, right? But um, yeah, I saw stereo, and I'm like, hey, this is exactly what Andy was talking about. Except it doesn't seem as exclusive as Clubhouse. Clubhouse, you need an invite only. I saw you shared it on your story. Was it yesterday? You shared it on your story yesterday, but I is it actually only on iOS? I think so for now. Um, but yeah, continue. He was on Clubhouse. Elon Musk is on it, and the room was like maxed out at five thousand. You can only have five thousand people in this Clubhouse, and it literally felt like a freaking club where you're just like tapping to get in. You're tapping, tapping, and you're lining up. Be like, can I get in? Can I? Can someone leave so I can get in? And it literally felt like this exclusive thing and there was all these other sort of overflow rooms there was a bunch of other rooms that basically voiced the audio from the first room so people were just going to these overflow rooms which was like the ga and the the actual room with elon musk that was like the vip room and it felt like a freaking club that's sort of what logan paul said he was like dude i was like trying to it felt like me going to club and then freaking they would only let celebrities in but in this scenario i can't yell i'm logan paul and let me in because they can't see me and i was like oh damn that's a pretty like interesting like clubhouse literally is a club where it's eventually rooms get maxed out and and if you're not in the club you're not in the club that would have been insane though like just being a part of that so how, does it work in the same way as stereo because i only know the premise of how stereo works in the very basics right the fundamentals whereby you can have a room with i think two people and then they're talking and then people send through questions via voice recording but clubhouse is a little bit different right like you can join in the conversation and actually actively engage and participate exactly exactly so you can have literally five thousand people on the stage if like people usually don't do that but imagine five thousand people on a stage and everyone's just talking and everyone's just talking over each other or maybe the moderators are just muting everyone but usually there's only like five people on this stage you did one yesterday or you yeah. did one yeah. the other day how'd it go it was pretty good it was pretty good we got like i think maybe around 20 30 at the peak listeners join in and we had like a bunch of people into the stage we're answering questions one by one we really got to go deep with each person it wasn't like replying to a comment we really got to know people because we got to hear their voice and we were able to talk back and forth as if we were in person and it's like a really really good app i think it's starting to become saturated and it's starting to become like when it first started, it was just a bunch of heavy hitters. You would just see them mm. online every day. But now people are getting bored of it and all the heavy hitters are going back to their life and we're focusing on their business and not spending all day on Clubhouse anymore. Um, do, you but, wanna, yeah. do you want to do, do, do a stereo session once? Yeah, uh, we should. I'm down. Do we it? should do a stereo session. We should um, turn one of these into a stereo session and see if people organically join. Yeah, yeah that'll be interesting to see if people do join. Ah, but, um, that's a good idea. We should, like, the next week, we should just set up a stereo, us talk, and then if a Christian comes in, a Christian comes in and we'll answer it. Yeah. That's a that'll good be idea. Interesting. But, uh, I'm really scared no one will come and I'll be like, oh, God. Don't worry, if no one comes, it'll just be a usual podcast episode. Yeah, because we'll be filming at the same... Oh, I literally saw two YouTubers do that. Um, I saw two YouTubers do a stereo session and then they still made a video out of it. So they still answer the questions and they were still live on stereo but they still made a video out of it at the end of it we can do the stereo session and still film a podcast at the end of it anyway exactly that's a plan and we'll just film and if no one comes no one comes but we need a good topic headline well, what, yeah. what would be a good name it'll be like but then we always talk about random so maybe next week Stephen could come up with a theme and then we could talk about that theme for a bit and that'll be the title for the stereo and hopefully people join because they're interested in that theme and topic or it could be just like a Q&A maybe, or I don't know if a Q&A would work because it'd just be all directed at you and it wouldn't be like a free-flowing conversation. But we people would need to have the stereo app and if they don't have the stereo app, then it wouldn't work. Or it could be something like, um, yeah, we could do like the time could be something about like entrepreneurship to nine to five. Or yeah, yeah. Or, yeah, something like that where people who don't know us can relate to that and join and listen to us talk. Okay, it could work. But would it, you'd have to put up a... I think you'd have to put up a story beforehand being like doing a stereo session at 7 p.m. tonight. Swipe oh, up, yeah. download the app and join so That's that true. they have it and then have another story after that being like live now, swipe up and join. You know what I mean? Got it, like, got it. Give them time to download the app. 
get yeah. them done. Like how you did someone, cop out. I'm always angsty posting things on story or like, oh, 100%, like why 100%. is that why is that happening? It's so weird, isn't it? You know why? It's because we have people that we know that follow us and it's like I don't know, it's just it's just modern day age where we're always so focused as to what people think about us subconsciously, even though I, I'm a big preacher and I don't care what people think about me. When it comes to posting things online, I'm always a bit like, oh, I don't know if I should do that or I don't know if it's the right thing to do or like... Yeah, oh. I think like when I post something like that, the first thing that comes to my mind is, damn, people are going to see this and be like, what the hell is Andy doing? Well, what's this weird stereo thing? I think and then that's sort of the hesitancy. But other than that, there's like no reason why not. Or I'm scared that I'm spamming people where they're going through stories and they see my story and it looks boring and they just skip. And then that feeling is not a good feeling. Um, it's weird how like social media is like that powerful on your emotions. Hundred percent, and it's like I can. I think it's safe to say like eighty-five. Okay, for me, maybe I know maybe like personally maybe fifty percent of my followers, but I don't actively actively like talk to them. They're not like they're just people I know. You know what I mean? As opposed to like being friends of mine. And then for you, I'd, I'd say what maybe seventy percent of people that I probably know, like them. around two to three hundred people yeah. out of my followers. Yeah, sweet. Yeah, so like you know them, right? But they're not. And then you're just kind of like for for me, I don't know, I don't, I don't know how to explain it. It's, you're right. It's just it's crazy sweet. how social media makes you second guess yourself. Even though when you're so confident in yourself to not care about what other people think, the minute that you put it in a in a limelight, in a public limelight, you're kind of like, oh god, damn, <laughs> it's weird. But I think we've we've hit a good good spot. All right, guys. So this is the end of episode twenty-one. Great episode as usual. I'm enjoying the news, the new formula. How we have the the um, comments and then yeah, this was like a great morning session. We usually don't have a morning session. This is the first ever morning session, and and, and uh, this is pretty fun. I agree. It's so fun. The morning was good because we're we're, we're so refreshed. We're just up early. I made sure I had a shower before I did this because I needed to be. Well, I have a shower every morning, right? That's that's me, and I wanted to feel refreshed. Maybe a little bit tired, but look, energy's there. I felt it. I loved it. Thank you so much for listening, guys. I love this episode. Maybe maybe we might try some more morning episodes later. Don't think we will, but we'll see how we go, depending on the schedule. At least now we know that we're flexible and we can do that. Um, thank you guys so much. 21 weeks in, nearly half a year, man. Yeah. 26 episodes is going to be half a year. Let's push for 26. Thank you so much, guys. Really appreciate it. Peace.